Welcome to Making It to the Other Side, a podcast by Chartered Accountants Australia and New Zealand with me, your host, Mike O'Leary. In this podcast, we're talking to chartered accountants who are making a difference every day in helping businesses navigate the financial implications of crises and plan for the future. On this episode, I'm talking to Anika Dickey, a chartered accountant and director at Whitelaw Webber, based in beautiful Northland, New Zealand. Even before New Zealand went into lockdown, Northland had been dealing with one of the worst droughts the region had seen in 70 years, and then COVID hit. Anika and the team at Whitelaw Webber immediately realised that what their clients needed was not just technical help with their books, but trusted advisors to help them face risk and uncertainty. Anika, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Now, can you tell us a bit about yourself and your role at Whitelaw Webber? I am one of three directors here. We have about 24 of us in the far north of New Zealand. We've got three offices, Kaikohe, Kaitaia, with the main office being in Kirikiri. Must be a challenge managing across three localities. It is a challenge, but being efficient and having the right technology and systems in place certainly helps the running of the offices efficiently as we can. Now, you are in probably one of the most beautiful parts of New Zealand, and it has some special features and it has some challenges unique to your region as well. Would you like to give us a bit of insight into those? Yes, we do live in the most amazing place. We're very, very fortunate. We've got beautiful nature. We're a pretty laid back type of place, but that's what is so attractive here. But of course, we also have some pretty significant challenges living in in the far north. One of them, which was really highlighted, I think, over lockdown is our internet connectivity up here. Um, We're also, as you, you may know, we've gone through a fairly severe drought. Then we were hit, obviously, with COVID. Um, then we came out the other side and had some pretty pretty big flooding. So um, environmentally, we have some challenges with, of course, years of infrastructure neglect up our way as well. So great place, but certainly challenges. And I think added into there is probably the, um, the socioeconomic mix and um, high unemployment. Yes, we, we traditionally always have high um, unemployment up our way. We have a fairly dispersed population in the far north, which brings its challenges for employment. So yeah, there's there's definitely challenges um, before COVID and certainly after. Does your client base reflect all of that diversity? Yes, we have probably three main areas or industries that we look after. Um, one of them being the primary sector, which obviously gets hit pretty hard with um, environmental issues. Tourism, we have a fair amount of our clients in the tourism industry, which of course COVID has put a significant stop on their trading. And then we also do manufacturing or residential, commercial trades, things like that. So that has been still going well, but for how long we're unsure. And what sort of state were they in before COVID struck? Busy. Everything was looking pretty good. Primary industry obviously had its challenges because we had the drought pre-COVID, so they were dealing with the water shortage up here. But tourism was going great. Construction was going great and construction has continued to to be good after COVID. Obviously, everyone had a lot of work, lockdown hit, came out the other side, they had that work to do. But of course, we're not sure what the future of that work will look like. But when COVID hit, we spent some time going through our whole client base to analyse 
um, the risks attached to each of our clients um, so that we could focus our efforts on those high-risk clients first. But we basically spoke to every single client either just before lockdown or during lockdown because it was a pretty scary time. You're used to giving financial advice, business advice. Did your clients need more in that time? Absolutely. I mean, there was information coming thick and fast from central government. Decisions were being made very quickly and there were things being changed on a daily basis. And it was a really uncertain and scary time for them. So the type of work we did over lockdown was very different. Tax was put to the back burner really while we helped our clients and and supported them through some pretty big changes in their world. You talked about the uncertainty your clients had during this and even coming out of it. How did you respond to that uncertainty? We just really needed to be there for them. We needed to be available through lockdown and they really appreciated that. We knew the work we were going to do in lockdown wouldn't be your traditional, typical, you know, chargeable work. We took the position that we needed to be there for them in the most aspects free of charge. But strategically, that was, and and because of our core values, that was the right thing to do. And our benefit, hopefully, is having lifelong clients who know that we're there for them through thick and thin. With the wage subsidy coming off very shortly, do you see that uncertainty continuing? Yes, absolutely. That subsidy has been a lifeline for a lot of businesses. We received in New Zealand the extension to the wage subsidy, which for the most part the tourism industries would have taken up and that's what is about to expire or finish soon. So once that is gone, it's going to be really challenging for them. But we're very fortunate that there is central government funding available in marketing and business advisory to help clients pivot their businesses through the next while. Those borders look like they will be closed for quite some time. Mike here again. If you're enjoying this episode of Making It to the Other Side, then why not check out some of our other stories? Listen to my conversations with CAs playing an absolutely crucial role in helping businesses recover from crises. You can subscribe and download Making It to the Other Side from your favourite podcast app. Now, Whitelaw Webber was certainly agile and pivoted. Can you tell us about the great initiatives you put in place for your clients? We thought... It would be a great opportunity for clients to learn while they had the time to learn. So we created um, webinars each week on topics that were of interest or were relevant. There were a lot of changes happening all the time, every day. So we wanted to make sure our clients were feeling very supported through that period. We also ramped up our communications with our clients via phone, email, e-newsletters each week to give them as much information as possible. So we really tried to, to be there for them. So you really stepped into that business advisory space? Yes, without a doubt. And I think that is going to be probably one of the most important things for accountants to do moving forward. We've been planning and investing in business advisory for quite some time. And it has basically fast forwarded 
the use of those skills that we've learned. And it's also opened the clients up to being a lot, uh, embracing it a lot more than probably what they have wanted to do in the past. Now, can we talk about your staff and how do you lead three practices across the far north, all working from home, all working digitally? Do that provide challenges for you? Yes. I mean, we've never done it before. I mean, it happened so quickly. We had never been set up to work from home before. We weren't 100% cloud-based, so we had to do a lot of planning leading up to it. We set ourselves up to be able to work from home leading into probably knowing that we were going to go into lockdown. And we just needed to make sure that we communicated often and well. We needed to make sure we didn't put too many expectations on our team. Most of our team have children. In fact, some of our team have very young children. So we needed to have a balance between them being able to cope with being at home with their children and work. So we limited the expectations on them. We also met every week via Zoom um, for our normal team meeting. So we did try to keep some normality and structure our, around our week. We made them, you know, a little bit more relaxed. We Each week we had a theme that we had to dress up in for our Zoom meeting. And in fact, they really enjoyed those Zoom meetings. We made sure that each team still met every week online about workflow, about how they were feeling. Management met every week via Zoom. So we really did try to keep similar structure to what we would have had in work if we were working in premises. And I think that provided some stability or some comfort around, yes, we are in these extraordinary times, but there was that sense of normality as well. And how are the learnings from COVID going to be reflected in the work practices for the future? We were just so proud of our team. We thank them so much for helping get through They were really appreciative of the support we gave as well. Working from home has always been a discussion we have had, and this has fast-forwarded it because there is benefit to doing it. It does provide you with that flexibility, which particularly the younger generation want from future employers. So every new computer that we require, um, we've made a decision for them to be laptops to have the screen set up at home as well as at work. Um, And we envisage allowing our team who is suitable for to work from home one or two days a week, if that is what they would like to do, because it does provide you with some concentration time, less interruption, so more focus time, I think from home. So having that balance, we certainly wouldn't go or wouldn't recommend working from home permanently, but having that balance, I think, is and finding that sweet spot, I think, will prove well into the future. Anika, what lessons have you taken personally about how you manage your staff now? To trust them. They have the business's best interest at heart. When you invest in them and you look after them, the return you get far outweighs the cost in time and money investing in them. We've had our team for a very long time and I think your team stay with you well beyond just the numbers. It's that loyalty and that engagement and having their backs, I think, is really, really important and we were really proud of them. Did you continue to pay them for the entire time? Yes, we did. And what was your return on investment for them? 
we knew they were doing everything they could through that period to help us as well as help our clients. And if we look after them, they will look after us. Now, business advisory became a big part of your business during lockdown. Do you think clients are still going to require that? Absolutely. We've been ready to ramp up business advisory for quite some time, but our clients haven't tended to put too much focus on that. I think when times are going well and business is, you know, as usual and and money's coming in, money's going out and activity is continuing, that type of business advisory work is not a priority for them. But I think going into something like this has fast forwarded the need for it and it has made them realise, actually, I need to know more than just being on the tools. I need to understand my business to be able to survive these types of situations and that this won't be the last crisis that we have to deal with. So are you preparing your clients for the next crisis? Absolutely. I mean, if anything comes out of this, it should be the learning that you need financial resilience in your business. You need good cash flow. You need to be agile. You need to have your finger on the pulse of what is happening in your business, understanding those numbers, making sure you've got the right people around you to guide you is super important as well. At the end of the day, you need fat in your system. You need reserves. Like I said, these situations aren't the first, nor will they be the last, and you need to be prepared. Anika, what lesson have you taken away from how you approached lockdown? It was very, very stressful, but it was also really enjoyable, and it did make you refocus and contemplate your life. I think the lockdown period, because we were told we had to stop, it gave us permission to stop. It took the guilt away from stopping such frantic lives that we all live, and we were just able to breathe. And if I'm not probing too deeply, can you tell us what the situation was like at home? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have three children. I have um, an eight-year-old, a 13-year-old, and a 17-year-old. I loved being at home with them. I, I enjoyed having more quality time with them but it was definitely a challenge but I've got a a really supportive husband um, as well so we did tag team when I needed to go to work he stepped up but yeah the connectivity and the fighting over the internet and being in the middle of a zoom meeting and someone logs into their classroom zoom and it cuts me out and (laughs) it was certainly not easy Mike here again. If you're looking for help to navigate the current climate for your business or your clients, be sure to visit our COVID Tools and Resources Hub. Just Google Chartered Accountants COVID Hub or find it on the Chartered Accountants Australia and New Zealand website. What does making it to the other side look like for Whitelaw Webber? Continuing on the journey, I think, with the flexibility, working from home, if that suits some of the team, I think flexibility is really, really important. And I think that is what has done us in good stead um, with staff retention and continuing on our journey of business advisory, doing more for our clients, being there more for them, really giving them value for the investment that they put in us. I heard you earlier say 
clients took the opportunity to stop working in their business and start working on it? Is that something you're going to be accenting with them? Absolutely. They were forced not to work in their business so that they so they worked on their business, but it's them being disciplined to continue doing that because it is really, really important to them that they work on their business. But of course, when work's coming in, um, all they're doing is thinking about getting on the tools, you know, the work's there, we've got to generate the income. But in actual fact, a lot of the time working on their business is the most important thing that they can do. Anika, have you any advice to other CAs about moving their practices into more of a business advisory mode? Yeah, um, it is definitely a journey. I think it's really important that you invest in upskilling, that you need to be bold. It is different, completely different to traditional accounting. There are funding, you know, utilising funding that's available, particularly through COVID at the moment, there is a lot of support, central government support. So tap into that to help your clients and it gives you a little bit more confidence as well. You know, tax and compliance will always be your bread and butter for for some time yet. But advisory, I think, is really where the value is to clients moving forward. And for you personally, are there any lessons you're taking forward for you and your family? I... I'm always busy. I have three children all doing sports. I've got, you know, family life. I call it the second shift after work, a business with, you know, 24 team members to look after. And so life has always been really busy and having permission to stop and not have that guilt on you for slowing down was a massive lesson and experience, I think, as well that I I received over lockdown. Do you keep having to learn that lesson? Yes. (laughs) A number of us said, right, when we come out of uh, lockdown, we're going to make sure that we don't fill our days up and and then you have to check back in with yourself again because it just gets filled up again. And so you have to have that discipline to just slow down that your day doesn't need to be stressful and busy from 7 till 10. (laughs) Anika, thank you very much for those fantastic insights today. I think they're incredibly valuable and applicable to practices across New Zealand. Great to be here. Thanks for having me, Mike. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Anika and the insight she shared into the situation in Northland. I'm so impressed how Anika and the team handled the challenges of going into lockdown, especially being based in a remote region. Despite everything, they stayed true to their corporate values and focused on being there for their clients. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Making It to the Other Side. See you next time.